Welcome to Conversations with Pussy. This is a podcast which holds liberating and empowering conversations which are here to guide you into having a loving and soulful relationship with your pussy, which will ultimately guide you towards living the richest, most turned on life ever. I'm your host, Grace Hazel, and I'm a leader, teacher, healer, and mama. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Pussy, Series 3. I kind of feel like there's a lot of catching up for us to do right now, considering that the last episode that I recorded and published was well over a year ago, I believe, definitely over a year ago. And since then, I have literally had a complete and utter life change in that I've given birth to my baby boy, Ray. (laughs) The last podcast, I wasn't even pregnant. So there is a lot for us to catch up on. And I thought, what better way to begin the journey of speaking to you about life and also coming back at you with all of the juice of conversations with pussy, I felt like the best way to begin would be to start with my birth story. Now, of course, I feel like every mama who has given birth to a babe is going to feel like their birth story was pretty special. And I feel like every single birth in the whole wide world deserves to have its story told. I feel like every person who has birthed a baby has so much wisdom to share with the world. And this is why I wanted to share with you my birth story. And my birth took place at home. So in my home in Ibiza, it was 46 hours around about. And I chose to go through that birth with no pain medication or intervention from hospitals. So I gave birth at home with a beautiful team of ceremonial midwives and a doula and my partner, Mike, and that was it. And of course, (laughs) wow, the decision to get to that place where I felt confident that a home birth with no medication would be good for me took some preparation. And what I feel to say is that I will probably go into the reasons in which I chose to do a home birth with no medication in another podcast because I really want to empower anybody who is considering doing that themselves to have the right resources and the right intentions and understandings um, because it's like a minefield to get hold of the right books and the right wisdom. So I will save all of that, the decision-making for it for another episode and really focus in on the fun and the frolics of the story of birth and what happened. So 
I guess I'm just gonna jump right into it. I was really hoping that I could perhaps just get someone to interview me on this birth. And I feel that, as I say that, I know that there will be podcast interviews coming in in the future where I get to talk about birth. So this is kind of like my jam to share with you the highs, the lows, the wild and the wonderful. And I've kind of made some notes because honestly, the experience of birth, like I said, six months ago, it feels like another lifetime ago. And it feels, because I guess it was, like I went into another dimension of life (laughs) through the birthing experience. And what I will say is that I truly experienced birth as a rite of passage into a new way of being for myself, but as a mother. So I feel like the birthing experience for me is like the thing that got me from being like, yeah, this concept of me having a baby, even though I was pregnant with my baby at the time, the intensity and the rawness and the deep sense of primal intensity is what I feel ceremonially, ritualistically, allowed me to step up and dig into the incredible resilience, love, patience, and surrender that I have learned that it takes to be a mama. So the first thing I want to share is that I felt like I had a really good tuning with my body. So I felt like I was super in tune with my body. I knew my body and I felt like it would be really obvious for me when my bub came. And I was one week overdue and I'm gonna do like air quotes with the overdue because, you know, babies come when the perfect time for them to come is. I believe that the soul and the being that is inside of you chooses the right time to arrive. And again, most likely I'll do that in another podcast episode when it talks about preparation and doing everything naturally. So for me, I was like, yeah, I get about one week overdue and I was pretty chill. I felt like Ray, my babe, was super high up still. So everyone was like, yeah, Ray hasn't dropped. So the day before I gave birth, I decided that um, on it was on a Sunday and my partner, Mike, he runs a big hiking group on Sundays. So he goes out for like the morning and afternoon on a hike. And we had discussed like when it gets to that point that the baby's probably going to be coming that maybe you don't go out on that those hikes in the morning just in case something would happen and I would go into labor and would need his support. So we had no idea <laughs> to the point that I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to walk up to town, up to Santa Eulalia and I'm going to get some breakfast. So I took Joy with me and internally I had this like real sweet feeling inside of me like it could be the last time that I got to casually walk through the coast up into town to sit on my own in a cafe and to luxuriate in having a coffee and having some brekkie and 
I took Joy because I really, my chihuahua Joy, just in case nobody knows that, Joy is my chihuahua. And we we just walked and I sat down uh, in Passion Cafe. I think I had some sort of delicious avocado, eggy tree. And I just sat back, row. I had a conversation with a family next to me because I was quite heavily pregnant and they were asking me lots of questions. And um, the thing that I kept repeating over and over again I saw quite a few people in town that day and I kept being like yeah like baby's not coming soon he's so far high up in my in my belly like we got time we got time I also reflect on the fact that my body was telling me otherwise. So for that week, I'd been starting to experience really mild feelings of contractions. So it kind of felt like a very mild period pain. And I was aware that something was moving, something was happening. However, I felt like it was just the beginnings and that I had a little while. So that night... I went to sleep and Mike was next to me and I woke up kind of in the early hours of the morning and I started sensing that these contractions or these period pains, as I thought, were getting more and more intense. And like inside of me, I just, I just wasn't letting it land. I was like, mm, I'm going to keep trying to sleep. I feel like this is just like a ramp up of something that's going to happen in a few days. We're cool. We're jamming. And there was this point where I thought, oh, I think I need to poo. <laughs> I really, really needed to poo. So I ended up getting up really, really quietly. So I didn't wake up Mike. I like went downstairs quietly to the downstairs toilet again. So I didn't wake up Mike. I was like, I'm probably going to do a really loud poo right now because it feels like my belly is like almost a little bit feeling off. Like I felt like I'd eaten something weird. And at this time, and you will get to know that I don't have this any longer, but at this time I was a little bit like, I don't want Mike to hear me shitting. <laughs> I don't want him to hear me farting if it's if it's going to be a big one. So I, I was downstairs and I definitely did a big poo. But then afterwards, as I was having a, a, a wee cleaner, up, I realized that I had lost my mucus plug. So for those of you who aren't um, <laughs> well-educated or, un- or, I mean, I didn't know what the mucus plug was until I got told when I was really heavily pregnant. A mucus plug is essentially this um, mucusy thing that comes out. It kind of plugs in around your cervix and it keeps everything like really um, clear. So there's no infections that can happen when you're pregnant. Um, And it's it's located at your cervix, I believe. And uh, anyway, the, the mucus plug had come out. And at this moment in time, I just looked at the toilet. I looked at the tissue and I thought, holy shit, I'm in labor. I want to lovingly interrupt this podcast episode as I have a few announcements to make which I have a feeling may be of interest for you. The first announcement is that the Vagina Awakening Practitioner Training is being released this year. It's a 12-month certification for you if you are ready to transform lives and build a business and lifestyle that honors your soul. 
It's for you if you want to make the world a better place, supporting women to heal and become deeply connected to the wisdom and power between their thighs. More details will be dropped soon, so come and join the waitlist and find out more. So the waitlist, you can join it by following the link and I'll say the link out loud and also pop it in the show notes because it's a little bit of a long one. So the link is www.grace-hazel.com forward slash practitioner hyphen training hyphen waitlist. The next announcement is that I'm opening for one-to-ones again. More specifically, I have one space available for a particularly special year-long one-to-one soul business program with me. This space is for you if you are already doing important work through your soul-led business. It's for you if you are feeling deeply called to join the Vagina Awakening Practitioner Training because by working with me one-to-one, you'll automatically be enrolled into the practitioner training. This one-to-one space is intuitive and strategic, a mixture between action, strategy and scaling married with energetics and healing. It's for you because you are living in deep integrity with your work. It's not about making quick money for you. This is about bringing the sacred to the world and through this, developing more and more freedom, joy and long-term wealth as you drop deeper and deeper into personal alignment. So love, is it you I'm directly speaking to? If yes, send me an email to hello at grace-hazel.com saying, I want to co-create magic in the 12-month one-to-one container with you. Now, I had been preparing for this moment for months and months and months. I was so fucking excited. I literally felt like birth was going to be the best ever ceremony I'd ever been in. So if you've listened to my podcast or followed me for a while, you'll know that I love a good old ceremony. I spend a lot of time in plant medicine ceremonies and have done since my early 20s. I'm 33, nearly 34 now. And so I was always sharing, especially with my midwives who also spend a lot of time in plant medicine ceremonies, that I just felt like I had been consistently prepared for birth through plant medicine ceremonies, particularly with ayahuasca ceremonies, because there's lots of sicking, there's lots of pooing, there's lots of intensity, yet you must hold some level of deep inner centeredness in order to make it through. And so I was just relating to birth, that it was going to be like that. So when birth was actually happening, and I was sat there with a mucus plug, and I was like, oh my God, the ceremony's beginning. And I shat myself. I didn't actually physically shit myself. I'd already on my poo. But I just I just started freaking out. I was like internally like, oh, the moment has come. And I thought that I would meet this moment with like, 
it's happening, we're cool, but actually I I fully, it, it dawned on me how big of a time or a journey I was about to go on. So I snuck upstairs and I'm kind of taking this bit of the journey, this explanation of the journey a little bit slower. And you will notice that I'm not going to go as slow for the rest of it because we literally would be here step by step for 46 hours. So there's parts of this birth that I actually have completely blanked out on because it was so intense. And, you know, I was like going in and out of consciousness for, for much of it. But these are the bits that I kind of feel that I remember and I can speak of. So I woke up Mike and I was like, I'm in labor, the focus plug is here. And we both were like, oh my God, okay, the time is now. Both of us couldn't go back to sleep. You know, the, the advice is that you go back to sleep so that you can maintain some energy for the actual birthing experience. And that just wasn't gonna happen. So we were up and the contractions, <laughs> a little something about me guys, I experience everything <laughs> in my life to the highest degree that it could happen. So for instance, when I was younger and I used to go out raving, I would have to just like merely sniff, not even sniff, I would just have to take a tiny bit of MDMA or a tiny bit of a pill or whatever was going in the rave. I, was, I wasn't but picky about it. And I would have the most immersive experience ever. Like I would go on the biggest adventure. I would have like the most intense but incredible awakening time in a rave. Like I will always go into any experience and essentially get like the the, the biggest <laughs> version of what anyone could have out of it. So of course birth was like this for me. So I went <laughs> from having these mild period pain contractions to being in the depths of intensity within about an hour. So the midwives came round. <laughs> we had three beautiful midwives and I am so I'm so grateful for them because they from the beginning of me getting pregnant, all I visualized for birth was that I would have medicine women with me. Women who had led births time and time again and got the sacredness of this experience and treated it as I imagined it to be as a ceremony. So my my doula and my the two midwives that were there fully embrace that vision and that that is the vision that they carry out for all of the births that they do so I was so grateful for them so when they got there we started like cracking on the playlists and I had made these playlists which were around it all totaled into about six hours long so I was obviously internally thinking yeah 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 six hours eight hours we've got enough music that's going to be fine I'll go through this experience it's going to be super super light and playful we'll go into the more like drummy music when it gets a bit more intense then we'll go into some ethereal music when the baby's coming through and it just wasn't the case. Like I said, we had 46 hours, not six hours, guys. So we got those tunes cracking. We were getting like the energetic space set up. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm already crying, eyes rolling into the back of my head, feeling the intensity of the contractions. I'm like, I'm in it. All right. And there was this thing that kept coming up for me where I was like, well, I've just woken up from, from, 
from sleeping and I really want to shower. So I got Mike to come with me. At this point, I couldn't even freaking stand up. And this was only a few hours in. (laughs) And so Mike was running the shower over me. And it was a really cold time at this point. So we were in January in Ibiza and most of the houses in Ibiza, I mean, I speak for myself, I live in a pretty modern apartment. The heating just isn't a thing. Air conditioning, yes, heaters, nah. So we had to have all of these heaters around the house to like fill the house up with warmth. However, when I got into the shower, I was freaking freezing. And what can happen when you're giving birth is that if you are taken out of a comforting environment, So that includes like a level of darkness or a level of warmth. It can postpone or pause the contractions in the birth. And so for me, going upstairs out of the warm, dark room that I was in in the living room and coming into the shower, it was like everything was cold, everything was bright. And I suddenly started going, oh, like I I need to be sat in hot water. So Mike was like, oh, okay. And we sat me in this hot water bath because I was like, oh, it's it's gonna help, this is great. But actually it, it slowed down my contractions And so when we came back downstairs, the midwives were like, no, stay here, babes. Hope you you got to move through these contractions and allow this to start moving through you. And by this point, I thought we're pretty far in. <laughs> this was probably three hours in. I was like, we're far in. I'm probably so dilated by now. I had no idea. And one of the midwives came up to me and they were like, listen, we're going to pop out and um, someone will stay with you, Mike, and one of the midwives will stay with you, but we're going to pop out, two of them were popping out, because you're so very early in, in in the delivery that, you know, we've got so much time. And I remember looking at her thinking, you what? you effing well what this is the most intense experience of my entire life and you were telling me we were we were only a little way into it so let's keep rolling through the hours and hours and hours that followed I experienced every surge so deeply like every surge took me out of my body, let's say. So between the contractions. And I love to consider that the contractions were like, it's it's said in this this beautiful book that I read called Sacred Birthing, and I will write down the resource in the links. It's said in this book that the contractions that you feel when you are birthing are the divine mother, the energy of the divine mother, pulsing through you and coursing through your body. And so every contraction is preparing you and initiating you with the energy of the divine mother. It's supporting your baby to come through you with the energy of the divine mother. In addition, it is also said that we have to expand our energy field so in such a huge way during birth because we are rooting our field, our energetic field down into earth. Yet we are also expanding our energetic field into the consciousness of spirit. And this is because we are literally supporting our baby's soul to come from the realm of spirit 
through our physical human body and out into earth, right? So it's a huge energetic experience as well as a physical experience. And through the intensity of this, I had these beautiful women holding me. We were using this incredible massage technique. I say we, I was like flopped over somewhere in the corner, breathing heavily. Um, we used this incredible massage technique called rebozo. And rebozo is where you get fabric and you are rocking and moving the body using the fabric. So it's a really light massage and it allows the body to get moving and grooving whilst you are birthing. Now, it's quite common in birth, especially if you're in a hospital, to be encouraged to lie down on your back. Now, when you are birthing from home, or should I say when you're birthing without any intervention, so anything like asking your body to hurry up, you are essentially the one as the birther who is initiating and supporting your body and your baby to move through you. And so lying on your back in that traditional position that we see in hospitals isn't necessarily the way that is going to support your body the most to birth your child. So throughout the birth, I was moving around. So I was standing up, I was squatting, I was sitting in a squatty position, I was on all fours, um, the rebozo massage was happening, so I was flowing and moving my body, so there was like a surrender in there, you know, I wasn't concentrating on lying down and going, I was sounding and moving and encouraging softness in my body. So as much as the contractions were intense, and I definitely got into the habit of instead of calling contractions painful, and I was doing this before birth so that I really had a an anchoring in this, in my mind and my mindset, instead of calling the contractions painful, I would call them or refer to it as sensation. So the sensation was intense. In order to support my body to move the energetics, the contractions of the great mother through me, I chose to become soft. Now, I didn't do any hypnobirthing or any breathing preparation before birth. However, I have experienced in my lifetime since I was in my 20s, like very early 20s. And before then, like I got into yoga when I was like 19, how to relax the nervous system and relax the body through deep breathing, through awareness. And so the breath that I was using through all of the intense contractions was to encourage on every exhale, my body to let go. And I was softening my hands. I was softening my shoulders. I was softening my jaw. And a lot of the teachings that I share, I always speak about the fact that the jaw and our mouth and our throat are directly connected to our pussy. So particularly in birth, when you are relaxing your jaw and your throat, 
This links into the relaxation of your cervix. So if you were choosing to birth naturally without any medication, these little pieces are so incredible to know and to embrace. So relaxing on the contractions as much as you possibly bloody can because it's intense allowing yourself to surrender into the contractions so that they are essentially able to move your body. They are able to open up your whole entire body so that your cervix opens and dilates and allows your baby to come through. Wow. I mean, this for me was the hugest part of my birth, the dilation piece. Um, I will talk about when the part where actually Ray was coming through my vaginal canal really soon. And when he was actually moving through my, my cervix, but that was actually super quick and it was empowering and it was like wild woman madness (laughs) when it was happening. However, the part that went on for the longest period of time was the dilation, my body preparing and opening up my cervix so that Ray's head could pass through. And there was this point where it had been going on for so long. My beautiful midwives were so devotional and dedicated. So one in particular was holding me and dancing with me. I was so annoyed to have to do this because I was experiencing so much exhaustion in my body through the intensity of what was going on. I mean, (laughs) I couldn't keep any food or any water in my body. So they were encouraging me to drink homeopathic remedies. And this was to support my body's balance and hydration. And I was just vomiting. I was vomiting everything that I put into my body. And also I was pooing everything out. So anything that it was in my body, this was literally an ayahuasca ceremony, guys. It was like everything that was in my body was just being spewed out of me. And there was this point where I was self-conscious a little around Mike and I've done so much incredible work around self-consciousness and awareness of my body and unpacking the shame that I would carry around my the, the natural functions of my body sexually and also my nakedness. So all of those things for me during birth were fine. Like I was rolling around naked and hairy. I was like wild woman screaming and grunting and all of that. Yeah. I knew that I still had this like edge around Mike um, seeing me poo. And I knew that I was definitely going to be doing a lot of pooing because (laughs) let me tell you, there is a lot of your body just turning inside out during birth in the most incredible of ways. But you know, you're, you're doing a lot of exertion. So the poo comes through. And there was this point where I was like, I I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. And Mike was like, I'll take you. And so my thought was like, Mike would leave me to go for a shit on my own. <laughs> but we got to the toilet and it was very clear that I could not really hold myself up. I was like all over the shop. So Mike stayed in the toilet with me and I just, it was like, just coming right out of me, all of it coming right out of me. And 
I was in such a gas, just like in such a, a wild space that I couldn't even wipe my butt. <laughs> so Mike had to get tissue and wipe my butt. And in that moment, I remember looking in his eyes and being like, no, don't do it. And you know, me and Mike haven't been together for a very long time. We met and we got pregnant super fast. And so even though we had spent like the last 10-ish months together as a couple, he definitely hadn't wiped my ass yet. I don't know how many couples have had that experience of ass wiping. <laughs> Maybe in some circumstances call for it a little bit more often than not. However, I just wasn't expecting that after or had never envisioned that for a relationship before. So I actually felt so liberated after Mike did that. After he wiped my ass, I was like, oh my God, right. Now this has happened. Now Mike has literally not only smelt my shit, but seen my shit and wiped my ass of shit. I can just fully surrender and let go into this experience. So after that, I was every contraction. There, there was no stopping me. I was pooing. I was vomiting. It was all happening. I was weeing on the floor. <laughs> At one point, my my baby Chihuahua Joy joined in. She did a wee on the floor too. Bless her. Nobody had taken her out for a while because we were in it. And I'm kind of just lolling because this this feels like a really liminal, odd space to be sharing with you about because not a lot was happening at the same time as a lot was happening. You know, internally, I felt like it was the wildest rodeo that I had ever been on. Whereas like, you know, the midwives and Mike were in and out of the kitchen. They were making food for themselves. You know, we were there for 46 hours. They had to get themselves some food. Meanwhile, I'm vomiting anything that they give to me, but you know, they're eating and drinking. At one point, there was a knock on the door. We live in these apartments and um, I was always like really aware that the apartments were thin enough in the walls that sometimes you can hear stuff going on. And I just thought, oh my God, someone's at the door. They think that something absolutely redonkulous is happening inside our house and they, they're calling for help. But actually who was at the door? It was a Zara home delivery. So we got a Zara home delivery whilst I was literally in the living room and I could feel like this, this delivery person like looming their energetic field into the space. Like it is such a sensitive time. I cannot tell you like this is another thing about birthing naturally like there is this thing that happens in hospitals where all the lights are on you're having people come in and out sometimes strangers sometimes new nurses new doctors etc 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 you're being asked really intense questions about you know do I have permission to do this we're going to start doing this with your body now and you know there there is a sense that you are taken from a very let's call it like a very animal brained place, which is where birth should happen, to a very aware and alert place when you're experiencing lots of brightness of a hospital and being asked lots of questions. So for me, being in my house where I already felt safe, we had all of the blinds and the curtains closed, it was dark, um, 
there were only the people that I knew and love in the space. It felt really safe for me. It was like I went into full animal mode and I was able to literally just moan, groan, move, groove my way through this initial phase of birth. It was important for me to not feel disturbed so that the experience of birth could just roll through me, you know. And there were things that I used such as an exercise ball. I got, (laughs) I had this like really internal dialogue about the exercise ball I was using being like, (laughs) it was like a problem. Like I was using the exercise ball because it would really support me not to be in so much intense sensation through my contractions. And I kept thinking that because the the contractions weren't as intense on the exercise ball that I was slowing the whole thing down. I kept like really shaming myself internally, which is maybe why the thing happened for so long. I was like up in my head during this dilation part being like, oh, like I'm on the exercise ball too much. I'm I'm not getting up to dance with Christina as much as she's asking me to. I'm slowing the contractions down. I'm slowing the dilation down. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was having this dialogue for so long that I was convincing myself that something wasn't quite right. <laughs> and meanwhile, like my midwives are checking my heartbeat, checking checking Ray's heartbeat, uh, everything's all cush, we're all good, there is no rush. And my brain's like hooking on to this um, idea that this is taking too long. We are already like 24 hours in, this is a long time, there's something wrong, we need to speed this process up. And this was the point that I started to get concerned and make this (laughs) visualization. I was not telling anyone about this. I was doing this on my own (laughs) in my head during the most intense perfect experience. I was just like, I'm going to have to go to hospital. And I started having these fantasies about going into hospital. and having a cesarean and I will say there's nothing wrong with having a cesarean at all and if that's your path and if that has been your journey or that is going to be your journey then it is absolutely perfect however I knew that I didn't want to have a cesarean and that I had made the decision prior to birthing that that I was going to be doing it all at home, all naturally. Now, of course, if anything had happened medically, which required me to go to hospital to be supported with medication or perhaps a cesarean, etc., I would have gone if it meant that, you know, it was for my health and for my baby's health. However, we were all good. Yeah. I was really experiencing the intensity of what was going on in my body. And I was like, I do not know how much longer I can go through these really, really intense contractions. Whilst obviously I hadn't slept because it was all so intense, whilst not having any water or food, like I was exhausted. I kept inquiring in my head and I also was like seeking external validation in my midwives going like is this stage like the most intense 
Or is the next stage where he starts to come through my cervix and through my vaginal canal, is that is that the point that it gets more intense? Because what I was trying to do, <laughs> such a classic, isn't it? We get into our heads, we stop the divine process. I was getting into my head and I was like, if this experience is gonna go on too much longer, will I have any energy to actually gather myself together for the intense part when the contractions quicken up and Ray is moving through my birth canal. I was like, will I have the energy for it with no food, no water, no sleep? So I was really up in my head and I'm so glad that I'm telling you about this because I feel like that is a part that I didn't really go into when I shared a little about my birth story on Instagram because obviously there's not a lot of space to share it. And I'm aware this is going to be a big juicy podcast and I don't normally do them as big as this. So I I just really want to get the details that feel, I, I asked before I came into this podcast to channel all of the stuff that feels like the most important to share. And so I want you to know that even though I spent, I've spent my lifetime trusting my body, trusting the wisdom of my body. And I spent the majority of my pregnancy going, yeah, I've got this. Still, well, there was a big chunk of time where I was not in trust, where I was not in surrender. And it was at that particular point, it was the morning. So we'd had a day in labor, a day and a night in labor. And so I was basically... I said to my doula, I said to my doula, I turned to her and Mike was close by and I said, look, I might need to go to hospital if by tomorrow morning, nothing has changed. So if I haven't gone into the next stage of labor, I may need to go to hospital because this is really intense for me. So as I began to share that, as I began to say that sentence, the biggest contraction that I had experienced that like as far as that point just rippled through my body. So I couldn't even finish the sentence. It rippled through my body. And afterwards, after I came out of the experience of that contraction, I turned back to my doula and I said, look, I tried to finish my sentence and then another contraction came on bigger than the one before. And that's when I got it. I was like, my baby's coming. My baby's coming now. He's ready. He's coming tonight. I just knew it. And that was the point that I got really focused. And there is another point to say that in this really kind of long, open space where I was in dilation, one of the beautiful midwives actually picked up that there needed to be some prayer. There needed to be some clearing happening in my body energetically. And she asked for permission to leave the birthing container and go and um, share some space with her friends who were healers because she sensed that there was some ancestral trauma to clear and she needed to call upon support in order to do it. So ancestral trauma from my um, lineage. So it could have been my matriarchal line or my patriarchal line. Um, So she popped out and did this work. And meanwhile, this was when I had this conversation about potentially going to hospital. This was when all of the stuff around hospital and cesarean were coming up for me in my mind. 
And so then when this wonderful woman came back from the healing, that was when I was going into labor. Like that was, I mean, I was already in labor, but that was when the, the, the good stuff was about to happen. And I had got quite obsessed with having a pool for my birth. And I really was like, I want, I know that when the pool comes out, that's like when, when the later stage of labor is happening. And the midwives kept saying to me, when you are, I can't remember how many centimeters dilated it was, when you are this dilated, we'll put you in the pool. And so I was like, okay, this is my, this is my focus. My focus is getting to this dilation so I can get in the pool and things are going to start flowing. And I did have two goes in the pool. The first night of birthing, I got in the pool and it, it kind of slowed the entire process of labor down. Like, I think that I like kind of passed out in the pool at one point, um, and so the second time when I got in the pool, it was like game on, game on. I could start to feel how the contractions in my body were changing. And it was like, instead of this feeling of dilation of my cervix, I could feel this pushing from my diaphragm and I could feel this contraction and this, this real um, ramp up of contractions from my womb and it was like a pushing out. So this is the point where your body starts to eject your baby and push your baby through the cervix and into birth canal. This point for me was when I became conscious that Ray was gonna be here soon. And the midwives had kept saying to me, connect with your baby, connect with your baby, speak to your baby. And I will say that this is a whole other podcast episode too, that the entirety of my, po- my, my podcast, <laughs> my pregnancy, I had been not disconnected from the pregnancy because I was very in connection with the fact I was pregnant. However, I hadn't really deeply developed a bond with Ray whilst he was inside of me. It was still this real abstract thing that I had a baby inside of me. So when the midwives are like, connect to your baby, when I was dilating, I was like, I'm gonna be such a bad mother, I can't even connect to my baby. I was like just obsessing about the fact it was birth and it was intense and blah, 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 blah. I wasn't even thinking about Ray. So this point came when I was in the pool and my, one of my midwives said, put your fingers inside of you and touch your cervix. See if you can feel Ray coming through. So I did this and I put my fingers up inside of my vagina and I could feel my cervix. It was really low down in my vagina. You know, like everything was pushing out and opening up. And I felt like this little squidgy head. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Cause I've touched my cervix so many times before cause I am a vagina lover. I'm just all up in the cervixes, I'm all up in the vaginas, sorry. I've touched my cervix and many other cervixes in my time. And so I was like, okay, I can feel my cervix but I can feel this squishy head. And I knew that that was my baby. And by the time, like when, when I felt that, that was the point where I gained focus and momentum. It was like everything that had been 
like my energy had just gone, it was all up in, it's like it had grown so large that it was taking up like beyond the space of our home. And it was like I was dancing around in the ether of that. I wasn't fully in my body. I was just like in and out of consciousness, moaning, groaning, moving. So at the point that I felt Ray's head, it was like my whole energy body came in and I had this strong, pure focus on letting Ray come through me. And that was that was all I cared for. So prior to this, my midwives had, had encouraged me to go into certain positions in the birth pool, doing lunges and all sorts of things that just felt completely uncomfortable in my body. I was like, no babies, I am so tired. I'm just gonna lie back here. I was in that traditional birthing um, position that you see in hospitals but in the pool I was like lying back my eyes were rolling into the back of my head I had no idea like who I was where I was it was it was yeah like I I wasn't in my body as such so when I started going into the intense contractions I was going into like these lunges. I was like bringing my focus in. And so I was going right to left lunges. One contraction would be on my left leg lunging. Then I would come back. I would float off into the ether, like literally going off into other worlds. I had, I, I left the building. I left the building of my house. I left the building of my apartment. I left everybody that was there in between contractions at this stage. And then a contraction would come in and I would come back into my body and then it would be the opposite leg. And at this point, I was really having to rely on Mike to tell me which leg was I just doing. And to say that I had no idea what was going on, and this is to say like truly the most animal part of me was switched on and that was it. I didn't know my left from my right. I was calling my my right leg I knew was called my right leg, but <laughs> I was like calling my left leg Tuesday. <laughs> I was I kept being in my head, I was like, it's right leg and then it's the Tuesday. It's right leg and then it's the Tuesday. But just nothing, nothing was cognitively making sense for me. And this went on for an hour or so, this this kind of like going between contractions, coming out of in and out of consciousness until, and this is the point that I would like to say was very important for me. Um, I was having a conversation with um, a group of mamas the other day and we were discussing how birth can be so huge spiritually, emotionally, and physically on a woman's body, it is almost traumatizing. Like I remember thinking during birth, like this is actually quite traumatic. <laughs> like I look back at that experience and I'm like, that was the biggest thing that I've ever done in my whole entire life. I would do it a thousand times over for all of my babies in the same way. Yeah, it was traumatizing. And I mean, I say that lightly, it, it could be seen as traumatizing. And a lot of women, and I wanna say this with compassion, because during their birth experience, they have had their power taken away from them or they have had choices be made for them 
in their birth. It's like, due to the fact that we have to almost leave our body in order for the spirit of our baby, the soul of our baby to come through us, it means that there has to be a point where we come back, where our soul inhabits our body again. And we can do this through ritual. There is a beautiful ritual that my midwives took me through called Closing the Bones. I might do a podcast episode on that separately. And it's calling the spirit, the soul of, of the woman back into herself after birth. Now, if that doesn't happen, what can often happen is the days or the weeks or the months or the years after giving birth to a baby, you need a soul retrieval. And we talk about that a lot in in shamanic traditions about soul retrieval and how parts of our life, in parts of our life, we can lose pieces of our soul due to experiences. And it's in shamanic work that you do soul retrieval to bring those parts back home to yourself and bring wholeness back into place. And I guess to say that I know for me, and I share this with these women who some women hadn't been able to have this soul retrieval during their birth, or they felt that they had been disempowered with through their birth and actually they were feeling depressed in their motherhood or they were feeling lost in their motherhood. This is why I say this and I wanted to give you this kind of outline of why I'm saying this part was so important in my birth. Christina, my midwife, she came over and she she knelt down beside me in the birthing pool. She wasn't in the birthing pool, she was outside of it. She held my hands and she said to me, Grace, on every contraction, I need you to look directly into my eyes. Don't leave me. Look into my eyes. Come into your body. Hum with me or sound with me. It was like a humming, a sounding, a like we were making a noise which took the energy of my voice, of my power. And instead of going, ah, which was kind of what I was doing, it brought it inwards and sent it down into my birth canal. And so the energy of my voice and my toning was actually supporting my baby to come through. And it was in this, and I've spent a lot of time in beautiful sacred sexuality spaces. And one of the most incredible things that I have experienced through those experiences (laughs) is eye gazing to look at another human directly in the eyes and to breathe with them with no words with no other communication just to look in their eyes and breathe with them to experience the intimacy and the strength of that it's like it, it fully brings you into the present moment And so Christina came and sat with me and she held my hands and she said, on your contractions, you open your eyes, you stay with me and you breathe and you tone with me. And with every contraction that Christina was supporting me in doing that, I returned to myself. I came more and more and more and more back into my body and I regained strength and power. I energized myself. It was at this point that I could start to drink water again. 
it was at this point that I was like, yo, where's, where's the coconut water? I need to hydrate. No, I came back into myself. And this was when Ray started coming through. <laughs> he went from just this little squidgy head in my cervix and or, or like crowning from my cervix and he started moving through my vaginal canal. I could feel him. And I must say, because I've not really mentioned beautiful Mike, but Mike was there in this entire process by my side, um, holding the space, holding a masculine, the divine masculine um, energy for us. And Mike hadn't been sleeping and he was like in it with me. And at this point he thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go lie down. Christina's with Grace. I'm just gonna lie down on the sofa. And within minutes of him lying down on the sofa, I suddenly was like, oh my God, Ray's here. <laughs> and I could feel Ray's head crowning at my vulva. And what a lot of people say or shared with me prior to birth was that this is gonna be a really intense part of the birth. This is what they call the ring of fire, where you feel the baby's head is pushing and opening up your vulva to make its way through. And so I had spent quite a lot of time like fretting about this moment and being like, oh God, this is gonna be so painful. What's gonna happen? And actually, as I was feeling Ray's head crowning, like, yeah, burning. It was There was burning and there was what they called the ring of fire. But it was almost like, pleasurable. I was so happy that Ray was so close and was nearly here with us that when he was like crowning at my vulva, it was exquisite. I was just like, he's here. There's not much longer. And I was told time and time again, don't push, allow your body to do its thing. And Honestly, at this point, I was definitely not pushing. My body was turning itself inside out. Like I touched my asshole at one point. I was starting to get nervous. I was saying to my midwives, I'm gonna have hemorrhoids. My and you know, like the sort of thing that I wouldn't think that I would be super concerned with at birth. But I was like, I think that my butt's like turned inside out. My vulva's turned inside out. It's never gonna be the same, etc., etc. Um. And so by the point that Ray was literally coming through my vulva, it was like exquisite natural birthing. Like I was in full surrender. I was in joy. I was excited. And as his head slipped out of my vulva, Mike was there and held it. And Ray just like opened his eyes up underwater. And I will never forget this because it was, he was so awake. He was so awake and he was looking around the room and Mike was holding him. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's our baby. And there's this video of, of this where I'm like, welcome to the world. He still wasn't fully out of my vagina at this point, but his head was. And I could feel this feeling like that he was being pushed back into me. So I looked at Mike and I was like, Mike, stop pushing him back inside of me. Stop pushing him back inside of me. And Mike was like, I'm not. And then I realized, oh, it's Ray. Like Ray is 
pushing. Like it, there's this incredible, exquisite miracle that the baby knows how to make its way down through the birth canal. It does all of these exquisite, wild, miraculous moves to get from the womb down all the way out into earth. And one of those was him pushing his legs. And then on the next push, he was out. He was out in the world. And we we wrapped him up in loads of muslins and we cuddled him close to us. I was holding him in the pool. We were keeping him under the water to keep him warm. And um, yeah, he started taking his first breath and we were holding him. There was no need to do any of that like hitting on the back or anything that tends to naturally happen in hospitals. He was just there with us, close to my chest. We were speaking to him. We were welcoming him into the world, welcoming him, saying, oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. And we just kept on doing that. I guess we were in that birthing pool after Ray had been birthed for about 45 minutes, just holding him, welcoming him. He was doing a little bit of a cough and removing all of the stuff that was in his lungs. And then eventually um, we came out of the birthing pool and it was time for me to birth my placenta. And usually we don't really talk about birthing the placenta, but it feels important for me to to chat about this Um a little because the birth of the placenta is usually brought on again in, in hospitals with a tablet or, or an injection, I'm not too sure. Um, they induce the birth of the placenta. And for me, what was amazing to learn was that the placenta gets birthed naturally when your baby latches onto your breast. And so the suckling of your breast brings upon the labor. Oh, sorry, yes. Yes, the labor. So the suckling of your breasts brings on the contractions again in your womb to release the placenta. And so we were there a little while, like asking Ray to latch on. He actually wasn't going for it. So, <laughs> so my um my midwives and Mike were like squeezing, and I I feel like someone sucked my nipple. I can't remember. Um, it wasn't Ray. <laughs> someone someone did that. Um, by this point, I mean it is all so much of a blur. I've been awake for 46, 47, 48 hours. <laughs> I was like, what is even going on? Um, and so eventually my placenta came and what we chose to do was to keep the placenta and the umbilical cord um, attached to Ray and we did a lotus birth, which meant that um, the umbilical cord stayed attached to Ray until it naturally fell off about a week later. And perhaps I'll do a podcast on why we did that and the reasons. However, for me, that just felt super nourishing and natural as a way of not cutting off my baby's life force straight away and allowing the process of um, releasing himself, his energy, his, um, his, his physical attachment to the womb to happen in, in a organic way. So after um, the birth of the placenta, Mike, Ray and I went upstairs, we got into bed and I held Ray close to my chest. I cuddled him and we fell asleep, all of us, very, very naturally with Ray, yeah, literally cuddled up to my chest and it just felt so beautiful to be able to experience that. And I knew that the midwives were um, pottering away, they were like, 
doing lots of amazing things, bringing us like smoothies and water and things for us to just feel nourished through the night in case we needed anything. And yeah, my, my, one of the midwives stayed over for the night. It felt like a family affair. It felt so wonderful to be held in such a way with these incredible medicine women and also the father of my child for him to have caught Ray and to have experienced and been on like the the front viewing of Ray coming out of my vulva like what an experience for him to see his son come into life to come into the world um which again like I know that things are different these days however it I feel like it's such a blessing for for the daddy to to see that so yeah, that that is my birth story. And my goodness, we've gone on for, for some time now. And I feel like there is so much other things to say and to share. And perhaps on other interviews or chats, I'll get to be, I don't know, reminded of those other moments that happened. But for me, this felt like the channel of information and experience that wanted to come through me right now to share it with you and just to say that wow it has changed my life birth has changed my life and of course motherhood has changed my life in the most exquisite of ways I feel like it is the most unbelievable of gifts to have birthed in this way but also well <laughs> the first thing to have my baby boy Ray and to be his mama for him to have chosen me to be his mother I'm so in awe and honored to have been chosen by his soul and also to have had that experience in, in such a uh, intense yet empowering way it has landed me so far deeper into the work that I do, into my understanding of, of literally vagina awakening and yeah, just this this deep sense of trust and resilience and in awareness of the human body, especially a woman's body. So I hope that you have enjoyed receiving this information and I hope that it may have been helpful or healing for some people to have listened to. Perhaps if you are yet to birth, it can support you to feel excited for the experience of birth, which I know will be unique to you. And it, it's, there's in no way ever a birth that looks exactly the same as another person's birth. It will be unique to you and what medicine you need to receive through birth I truly see this as a rite of passage I've said it um I've spoken a lot about shamanism but birth really reminds me of so many of the rites of passage that shamanic work brings and there is one ceremony that springs to mind which is where in shamanic practices they bury you alive so you you dig your grave and you get buried alive into the earth and you're there for like a night under the earth, maybe in a coffin, but usually you're just in your own grave um, with all of the earth on top of you because you are sent to edges of your psyche. And this is what shamanic practices provide. It sends you, it sends you to the edges of your 
comfort zone and I mean it's way past your comfort zone it's not even like comfort zone vibes it's like it, it pushes your psyche to the edges of what is possible which allows you to go through rebirth and for me at one birthing Ray was a rebirth for me of my soul of my being it's changed everything so I just want to yeah just celebrate that celebrate the gift of birth and however it is that that happens for each and every person is perfect. I'm gonna wrap it up there and um, say if you enjoyed this podcast, please share. I'm so glad to share this incredible stuff on the first episode back with series three. So please share it with your family, with your friends, with anyone that you feel would benefit from hearing these words and leave a rating and review if you can on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you're at five star only baby um and yeah i will be recording more podcasts soon and i'm just so grateful that you're here we'll chat soon